0: Hi, I'm Reena and this is Compass Connect, exclusive podcast by Compass Junior College located in Himayat, Nagar, Hyderabad, where you listen to industry experts and seasoned professionals share the right tips, tricks and experiences to help you make the right choice of course to study and design the path to the perfect career for you. Hi Salman. good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi Reena, good morning. Thank you
1: so much for having me here.
0: So Salman, here we are to talk about few issues that we are uh, facing. We have been talking to various parents in, our, in campus and outside campus junior college and uh, as learning has shifted to the virtual space now, uh, what are the various issues as an educator have you come across uh, while talking to parents or students that they are facing in general?
1: Um, I think based on my experience that I have uh, had with the parents and directly interacting with them. So at Compass, we ensure that every parent, every student who is looking at taking admission at our college is met by us. And uh, we counsel them, we interact with them for a detailed amount of time. And which gives uh, me a window or an insight into what they are thinking. Now in the last one year that we have had the pandemic, it has really uh, altered our ways of thinking about the uh, education and uh, uh, unfortunately i feel that parents have still not woken up to the realization that online learning has to be approached in a very different way online learning is not a one-way street Uh, the the teachers does uh, spend a lot of time in front of the laptop or in front of the computer too take the class there is a lot of involvement which is required from the student side and as well as well supported by the parents to make the learning happen so it's a two-way street rather than a one-way street that's the first thing that I would like to share second thing is that because of the pandemic the online classes that have been happening in the last one year and very likely it will continue for the next several months till we are all safely vaccinated and we get out of this pandemic situation I think online learning is going to continue and it's very important that we go beyond some of the traditional metrics of education and when I say traditional metrics I'll qualify that. Usually people think learning can be equated to the marks that are obtained by students and it has actually in a very paradoxical way, marks have become redundant in the last one year. Students have got promoted from one class to another without really any kind of examination. So in that scenario, learning has to be even more deep rooted because marks have become redundant and later on in their careers, if they learn these concepts well, I think it will keep them in good stead. First of all, the cancellation has a negative effect uh, and as well as a positive effect. I'll start with the positive one, which is that in keeping in mind the safety of the students, the exams have been cancelled and the students are getting promoted to the next class. The negative effects are that because our education system is so results oriented, so exam oriented, these students probably will get a wrong message. That since they have got promoted without any examination, they uh, the marks uh, the uh, learning is not important anymore. But I think this is a very uh, uh, this is a very uh, wrong mindset really to have. What problems will they face
0: categorically?
1: Yeah. So let's say that a student who has got promoted but he was actually struggling in his or her academics, right? So some of those problems will never come to light to the parents as well as to the students. Now, in that case, what happens? Yes, you were saying something.
0: I a very important point actually you brought to the table that it will never come to the light the weak points, the area of uh, support that they need. It will never yeah. be. And,
1: yeah, it it will never get highlighted. And uh, what happens is that education is built on. Uh, you know one grade after another it's like a ladder if you don't climb one step well the second step can be very very difficult to climb onto right so when they are coming into plus two stage if the fundamentals of ninth and tenth uh, instances where they did not get tested Uh, they did not get examined on their learning levels. Now, if they move on without getting tested, without highlighting the areas that they needed improvement on, these will become, uh, you know, kind of areas where they will again get challenged when they come into 11th and 12th or the plus two stage. So when I go back to the, uh, you know, the other part of the question that you had, what kind of motivation is required for these students then Because in a physical setting, probably the perception is that it is, uh, you know, the student gets a lot of attention and motivation from the faculty to learn better. There is an
0: invigilation factor also there in a physical classroom.
1: Invigilation in, you know, kind of a more uh, encompassing definition. Invigilation beyond the examination. Invigilation in terms of the classroom learning that happens. I think that is what you're referring to. Now, that kind of a presence of a faculty definitely helps in a physical setting. Now, what is that we can do in an online platform, right? On an online learning, one that the faculty has to now walk that extra mile to ensure that each and every student who is there in the online classroom is given that attention. So let's say if there was a if there was a 45-minute class in the physical setting, that might take even a, uh, an hour or more to ensure that every student is able to clarify their doubts for that particular concept so we have always been designed in such a way that we have limited number of students in a section that's about 30 okay. right in a physical setting yeah when we moved to the online setting also we kept that same number we never combined sections mm-hmm. even if it meant that the faculty had to take multiple classes for different sections which means that every student gets that individual attention because the pace of learning uh, for uh, for each student is not the same. And I think the faculty then has to spend that much of time and give that kind of focus. The second thing is that online teaching is not just, uh, you know, sitting in front of a laptop and talking, you know, probably an interaction between two individuals like this is still uh, perfectly fine. But when it comes to online teaching, there's a lot of engagement that you talked about earlier in a physical setting, which is possible. So. In an online teaching, we are using a lot of applications or apps to ensure that we are able to test during the classroom itself, during the live class itself, we are able to test, assess whether the student is learning well or not. That is the first thing. Second, we are also trying to use some collaborative apps in which the faculty and the student can actually build and understand the concept very well. So let me take a few examples. For example, for... Uh, in class assessment we use apps like quizzes kahoot padlet and so on for collaborative apps for example uh, spider scribe or coggle what we are able to do is that we are able to explain the concept through a mind map or through a word chart kind of thing where the faculty introduces the first part of the concept and then the students are invited to draw out the rest of the concepts in consultation with the uh, faculty And I think that's a beautiful way of learning together. It builds engagement, it builds motivation and interest in the student to be participative as well as learn effectively during that one-hour classroom. Yeah. Um, now, what happens, uh, Reena, uh, the, this kind of learning uh, requires a mix of traditional uh, mindset as well as a new mindset. And that's why I think people are finding it difficult to adapt to this way of learning or students are finding it difficult to adapt to this way of learning. Let me uh, explain what I uh, mean by saying it's a mix of traditional mindset as well as a new mindset. Now, the traditional mindset of learning is the kind of discipline which is required for one to be in the zone of learning. For example, there are a lot of those tangible things which... Uh, tell a student that they are entering into a zone of learning, for example, there is a specific time at which a class starts let's say a class starts at nine thirty right Second is the uniform now uniform kind of puts us is, uh, puts us in that mind uh set that we are about to begin uh, the learning uh you know during the day uh, there are specific breaks which are given there are uh, Uh, So the same kind of discipline is required from a traditional mindset to be brought into the online learning. uh, What I mean is when the student is sitting there, he or she should be able to get an undisturbed environment for those many hours where they are maybe, you know, even to make it even more effective, they can wear the uniform and sit there so that they really feel that they are part of the class. They should be switching on their videos and keeping their microphones Um, uh, uh, unmuted when they are supposed to speak or they are called out to speak for, to make that interaction as lively as possible, because without class participation, the learning cannot happen. And that discipline component is extremely important. Now talking about the new mindset in the online, a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, let's say in India, I think a lot of uh, learning has been happening. Uh, in a very uh, maybe unorganized way through YouTube videos, through TED Talks or through Khan Academy videos and so on. Now, most of those are recorded uh, learning sessions, right? Somebody has already recorded and you're consuming it later. So when we first spoke to the parents about online learning, some of the reactions which came were like, oh, it's so easy. The fact is that this requires your active participation. For example, this particular interaction that we are having, there is an active engagement. You are listening to me and then you are speaking and then I am speaking and then I am listening and so on, right? The same kind of online interactive behavior has to be there from the student. Now, this requires, this is probably easier said than done. It requires active listening. And that is what I talk about as the new mindset which is required. It is not like consuming a recorded video of YouTube. It is an online interaction between individuals who are separated by distance but have been brought together, uh, brought closer by technology. So it is as good as me and you interacting, sitting in the probably the same room and having this discussion. So that interactive participation is very important for the student and they must realize this particular thing. Uh, You know, I'll go back to that uh, triage of parents, students and faculty to solve this problem. Each one has a role to play. To start with the faculty, if the session is well engaged, and what I mean is not in terms of the content, but in the delivery. So when I talked about the apps, these apps actually create a lot of engagement and participation. And I think if we can create that engagement, the student's uh, distraction ability will actually go down. However, the mind always wanders and tends to wander more after 20-25 minutes. I think uh, the attempt can be definitely made. A sincere effort can be made by faculty to engage the students using these kind of apps. So there's a gamified learning approach which we are trying to use through these quizzes and Kahoot kind of apps. The second one is the parent. Uh, who can uh, not really in terms of a policing kind of approach or peeping over the shoulders but trying to give that time uh, to the st- uh, student and they are making a very sensitive uh, transition from uh, you know teenage to adolescence during these two years to make that transition more uh, you know uh, positive for the student i think the parents can give Certain windows of time during the day, uh, you know, maybe uh, make it a very, um, uh, you know, kind of a a very structured affair to have a meal together, a lunch or maybe a dinner when they don't look at any of the devices. Certain things that I have done at my own home and I think that has helped me as a parent, but I'm always kind of, uh, you know, looking at myself in terms of how I can give more time. Parents can actually give more structured time to, the, uh, uh, to, the, to their child in terms of uh, uh, having an open talk, having uh, you know, those uh, conversations in terms of what happened, to the, uh, what happened in your class today, what did you learn, uh, taking interest in their uh, learning process. The last part is about the student. And I think the student, of course, definitely plays a very important part, which is to take responsibility of their learning. Now, this is something that I wanted to really mention earlier as well. And thanks to this question, Reena, from you. The student has to realize that the ownership for learning has to be uh, with them. Maybe the pandemic has given them an opportunity to actually grow a little more than their age uh, demands. So maybe at the age of 15 itself, they should really start thinking about like a university student, like a college student who has aspirations and dreams. See, this pandemic is not going to be there forever. I'm sure that we will be able to tide over this crisis uh, in, in the next six months to one year time, and I'm being hopeful about it. So at that point of time, when they are looking at very good colleges and universities, the ownership that they are exhibiting now in terms of their learning will really help them. And I would really request the parents and students to sit together and chalk out a study plan, chalk out certain goals that they would like to achieve in the next two years and keep a very positive approach to uh, achieve these goals and not get distracted by some of these things which are happening around us. Some of these things which really do not, we do not have control over. The pandemic is something that uh, has really uh, made us feel hopeless, uh, made us feel uh, you know without any aim and direction. But I think at the same time, we can actually strengthen ourselves We can have a focused, goal-oriented approach approach for the next two years. Parents and students should come together as a team with the faculty to ensure that the students learn well and are able to achieve their objectives. So, in general, and this is not just about education, in times of uncertainty, people try to reset themselves to default values, which is kind of a state of inaction, a state of postponement, deferment of decisions and so on. Uh, I have a more active approach, you know, personally and I recommend this to everyone in whatever spheres of work or decision making that they have to do. Is that in times of uncertainty you should actually plan more. Mm -hmm. For example we are using at Compass, we are using this particular time to revamp our curriculum. We really believe that the syllabus is is an aggregate of topics. It's a framework which is given within which you have to kind of teach. But what we are doing is that we are focusing on how do we deliver understanding, conceptual clarity to the students on each of those topics of the syllabus. So we are working on how to develop this curriculum. So, the same example I can relate to for parents is that in times of uncertainty, they should actually have a more structured thought process for approaching this particular situation. So, there is a very crucial decision that they are making in terms of what the student is going to do in the next two years, where they are going to be taught and so on, right? Now, the the uh, uh, suggestion that I would make to parents is not to kind of just kind of make a decision that they would have done in a normal time. This is actually a time where they should have a metrics-based, a parameter-based education decision. The first thing that should look at is how much investment of effort, time and money has the institution made in terms of making learning very effective for the student. What kind of tools? What kind of technology? What kind of learning management system have they invested into?
0: Because that is what we are talking is the, about. Not the learning of the student. If they yeah, are it is not there.
1: just it's not just another Zoom meeting or a Google Meet. Right. It is it is a f- comprehensive learning management system which is called for to ensure the complete understanding of the topics when the student is engaged in the classroom. And which means that the assignment
0: for the students who uh, needed that extra support, I think they are at uh, the biggest disadvantage.
1: Yes. So what kind of investment has been made into technology to make this uh, online learning effective? Second, what kind of curriculum is being designed to take on this, uh, take on this particular, you know, uh, situation where the learning should not be just relegated to the syllabus. In fact, this is the time to spend our uh, efforts, you know, both as faculty, as educators and as students to increase our understanding levels. For example, last year across boards, the syllabus got deleted by 30%. Students studied only 70 Now, when they require these application of skills later on, let's say 5 years, 10 years down the line, when they are in careers, they, they cannot say that 30% syllabus is something that we did not do and hence in the job we will do only 70% of the work but we expect 100% of the salary. Now, re- this is unrealistic.
0: In reality, it's 130% that you're required to apply when you're in a job.
1: Exactly, exactly. In fact, uh, uh, there is one thumb rule which is there in the industry that your salary, uh, you, the amount of revenue that you generate for your company has to be at least three times uh, your salary, Right. So when they expect so much from you, you cannot be going back to your, uh, you know, kind of uh, reasons to say that I completed only 70% of the syllabus. In fact, my 100% of the syllabus is default. That's something which we have to give. So the faculty currently at Compass Junior College is ensuring that the last year's deleted syllabus is also taught to the students so that their understanding goes up. And it's taught in such a way that they remember these concepts for, a very long period of time when they need them for application in their job places. The third thing is very important. I mean, I talked about it earlier also, which is the classroom design. How many students are there? I would suggest the parents to look at these metrics and focus on those education institutions, which are able to provide these, have an interaction, do a career counseling, find out what the strengths of the students are and let them make decisions based on scientific uh, approach and not go by just ad hoc, default kind of decisions, which is that, okay, it is just fine. Anyway, the next few months are going to be an online, just like the last one year. Maybe it will get extended by a year. So any institution would be good enough. I think this is the time to wake up, sit up, and take decisions based on very clear objective metrics of education institutions. I would like to to just add one thing, uh, Reena, very quickly before we sign off. Is that in the last one year, uh, since I talked about a mix of approach, traditional as well as online, you know, mindset to come to effectively and make this learning all the more, uh, you know, uh, strong and satisfying for the student. There are certain things we kind of almost uh, treated as normal. For example, we have this practice of student theme day, which we have been doing in the physical setting, which we continued in the online setting. So uh, this, on the student theme day, every student got an opportunity to present their talent through a skit or a debate mm-hmm. or they presented their drawings or sketchings. Some students even choreographed certain group events and presented it uh, through a live session like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we, what we also did was to elect a student body through a student soapbox where mm-hmm. students who had nominated themselves gave a talk Uh, which exhibited their leadership and communication skills. The other thing that we also do is that we ensure that we have structured breakout sessions where the faculty or any other academic coordinator facilitates these sessions where students only interact during that one hour, uh, you know, kind of a class where the faculty is not there. The students are there to kind of just chit chat, talk about certain things, maybe related to academics, may not be related to academics, Maybe related to their career goals and so on. So this is to ensure the kind of, uh, you know, the corridor talk or the water cooler talk, which will help students to interact. Because last year we had a batch where the students had not seen each other or met each other, even virtually. They're only interacting in a classroom, right? All the students joined during the pandemic, uh, during, you know just after the lockdown last year. So we facilitated these breakout sessions, which were only meant for interaction between the fellow batchmates of that section, uh, section. Mm-hmm. So I think these things are very important because the student has to stay glued, engaged to the institution, not necessarily only through the classroom, but through these other activities also, which will help them in development as well as find more joy and satisfaction in the overall learning process.
0: And thank you so much for your time, Saman. We wish all the best to Compass and we'll meet again to talk and discuss about many more issues.
1: Thank you, Reena. Thank you so much.
0: Signing off for now, this is Reena from Compass Connect, exclusive podcast by Compass Junior College located in Himayat Nagar, Hyderabad, requesting you all to stay indoors and stay safe.